All right, welcome to our Franchise Accelerator podcast. This is a very important topic because we're in the first quarter of 2024. So we thought that it would be a good time to kind of do a tax update, current events, let you know where things are, uh, make sure that you're thinking about some yeah. of the changes that are coming up on the horizon. So a good place to start, because if you've you know got on your phone, if you've listened to the news in the last couple of weeks, I'm sure you've heard about this tax bill that's coming, that it's gonna change the child tax credit, there could be more money in your pockets as a realist. And I would say, and I don't know, right? None of us know. I, I could be completely well, we are going wrong. to the subject matter expert. <laughs> right. and, it, and it is. And I know. do listen to a lot of CV credits while I'm doing my work. Um, but I would say if I were a betting person, okay. right. I would say it doesn't pass. And here's why. The timing just doesn't make sense, right? So it's, someone, it's like someone coming in the back of your restaurant and looking at your kitchen. There's things your chef knows, right? Timing-wise that your customers don't. I would say the same thing here. The thing is that the software's already been written. It's right. actually, we're already using it. So for them to go back and make it retroactive for the 2023 tax yeah. year, it would be a huge upheaval for the tax filers, for the software companies, and potentially, I, I just don't see that how they could get it done. Now, could they do it for 24, which would make it something you see on next year's return? Okay. Sure, but I think for this year, um, and again, I could be wrong, I just don't see that they can get it passed, which is why I think they keep saying, oh, I passed the house. Well, you know, right. we all remember from elementary school, it still has to get through the other one. <laughs> There's a couple other stores has to go through. <laughs> Step one, but you're about three months too late, right? And before the world of COVID and everything breaking in the government, right. it used to be like this got through in October, right? Then you still had November and maybe December, yeah, they get it done. Yeah, planning still for yeah. four. No, like you can't... I, how I would say, and again, I don't know for sure, but I just don't see how you could go back now because the other part of this bill was that ERC was going to end in January. Well, we're now in February. So again, I don't know that you could do that. Right. Maybe you can. And then the third one was you were going to change the depreciation rules, which means all of those corporate returns which are due in March would now be incorrect. And the IRS, of course, has assured everyone that their systems would figure it out. I don't know what they would. I mean, <laughs> you deal with the IRS a lot. And I'm not trying to. I know. They have maybe a tough they job. Could. They have a hard job already. I just don't see on the, maybe on the child tax credit side, sure, because okay. you you know and you have all that information. I just don't see on the corporate side that it would know how to right. change that number automatically. So, again, I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be betting that this tax bill makes it through, which just means that. We really need to assess where we are because I think the other side of that is if it doesn't make it through, that means that we're sitting in 24, which is on the decline of the bonus depreciation. Right. So 23, we were down to 80%, which again, if the tax bill doesn't change, the softwares are already assuming we're at 80% max of the bonus depreciation, which means if I bought equipment for $100,000 this year, I only can take... 80,000 of the bonus and then the rest goes into the five-year bucket or 10-year bucket or 15-year bucket. So it brings us back into a world where things like cost segregation matter. Right. I really want to look at what happens to that remaining 20%. Again, it doesn't matter for the 80%, but it doesn't matter for the 20. Do I have to depreciate that over five years or 15 years? That now has real dollars behind it. Right. 24, if this bill doesn't make it through, which 
again, I don't think it will. Now we're in the 60%. So same $100,000 of equipment. Now the 60% I get right away, but now the other 40% goes into a five-year bucket or a 15-year bucket or more, depending on the asset class. So all of a sudden, we're going to be back to a world where we need to really pay attention to those categories where the last few years, it didn't matter, right? Everything was bonusable. So, you know, yes, we want to put it in leasehold versus equipment, but we're going to take 100% either way. So it really doesn't make a difference. Now it's going to start to, if things don't change, 25, we go to four, it's flips. Whoa. And I think you've even seen with some of the real estate we were talking to, it's starting to impact decision-making. Absolutely. And I think that's where, I mean, not to, you know, Anne's not going to you know, pat us on the back, but right, we're already looking at tax yeah. strategies now for the entire year yeah. into next year. Yes, we are you know, working on 2023 taxes, but there's a lot we're already pushing forward. And I yes. think that's a, you know, use the 30 minute calls because Anne's going to help you yeah. figure that out. That's what we're seeing a lot of people that we, you know, maybe were new to us this yeah. year that they're not used to. It's January. Yeah. Let's look at 24. Yeah. Instead of just looking at 2023. So you're a year ahead. Of <laughs> well, and I think you have to be. As a business owner, you have to be looking at the current year and what's changing, being yeah. aware. And I and I think there's so much out there that's just, you know, smoke of ears. Nobody knows. And really, there's a lot that's changing. And a big one is depreciation. If you're going to do a build out, if you're going to open a new location, you're now in 24. It might not open until 25. So now that 40% goes even further. Now, again, are they going to make a change? It's election year? Maybe. But sure. we can't assume that they do. And that's where I think you're seeing, even on the development yeah. side, you're noticing fewer developments. Well, the bonus depreciation is a big deal. And if it does go away, it will start to impact, I think, real estate and some of these other categories. Well, at 20%, when you multiply out as a big number, you know, yeah. that, right? if that company or that person doing the real estate, their investments, they're projecting out with those different numbers. Yeah. And at some point, like anything, the investment might not make sense. Yes. So what happens next when it doesn't make sense? And that's where the next part goes to, I think. We're right. And I think that's what we saw in real estate up until this year, up until the 80%, where you still had the bonus depreciation that maybe offset some of the higher interest rates or right. other things, because you could still get the cash back right away through real tax savings. When we go to 80%, which again is already gone. That was 23. So now at best, we're sitting in 60%. Well, now all of a sudden, 60% with higher interest rates, it starts to say, you know, is this a cash flow positive investment or not? And, And I'm not sure that it is. So that's where looking at what does your tax picture look like for 24, assuming nothing changes, is a great strategy, right? Because then if it does... Great. Like, hey, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm i winning, right? <laughs> but at least I've planned for, let's assume some of these things start to go right. away and where am I sitting? Because the other part that is going to be here sooner rather than later is the qualified business deduction. So people don't realize that, you know, back in 2019, we had a comprehensive tax rule that came into effect. And what it really did was level the playing field between the corporate side where you you know historically you always heard stories like well GE pays no tax like right. that was a big sure. one in, yep. in the late you know 2019-18 that was like oh my god and I remember you know we were living in Boston at the time that was a huge deal yeah. because you know GE I mean how could they pay zero tax well they do it because they have foreign investments they get tax credits for that and the corporate tax rate was very low right. well the argument was most of your small business owners are not 
a C chord, right? They're what we call pass-through, which is probably most people listening have some pass-through activity, which basically means, you know, it flows through to my individual return. So my corporation, even, you know, my S chord, my right. partnership, it doesn't really pay tax. It the taxes are all paid on the individual level. So if I have other income or I'm sitting in a higher tax bracket, well now I'm paying, you know, 36, 37% where the corporate guy isn't. He's paying 21%. So what happened is this qualified business deduction, which most people don't even see it on their return. It's kind of, the way they calculate it is very convoluted, but basically what it does is give you an extra deduction to bring your effective rate down to a flat 25%. Now there's some income maxing out and you know, there's a few above 300,000, whatever it does go up slightly, but even the highest of earners have a benefit in this qualified business deduction. And it's real dollars when I see, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars of a reduction of tax to get you to that twenty-five percent rate. In twenty twenty-five, at the end of twenty-five, it goes away. So that's a real tax change that if nothing yeah. is done, and again if this year's tax bill is any indication <laughs> of my faith that someone's gonna read the code before twenty twenty-five. It's real dollars that will all of a sudden change your corporate tax, your individual right. tax, and what you pay in taxes every year. So we want to, this year, because we're already in 24, even though we're doing 23 taxes, at least be aware of that line, right? What do I save by having qualified business deduction right now? There's really nothing you have to do to get it, yeah. you know, although it is good to check because we have seen returns that didn't include it, even though they should, um, but, you know, we don't have to do anything now, but being aware of, hey, you know, every year my tax is reduced by 20 grand. So I need to be aware of that for when it goes right. away. And are there other strategies to bring into play? A big one to me is to revisit the corporation, right? The C-Corp. Most accountants hate the C-Corp, but they're not looking at the qualified business deduction, right. I don't think, or at least aware of some of the benefits of a C-Corp. Yes, you potential, you have potential for double taxation, but it's double taxation at a flat 21% right. rate, which if you're sitting in you know, 37, 38%, there could be a strategy there. So I think at least having those discussions this year sets you up for, hey, you know what? If I see the writing on the wall, that this really probably isn't gonna change, you know, we hear taxes are gonna go up in the right. future, then you know what? I'm gonna start to really look at a C-Corp. Maybe I have one C-Corp and one pass-through if I'm a multi-unit. At least then I've covered my bases and right. I'm protecting some of my income. So again, not saying this works for everyone, but it's definitely something where you, the business owner, have to start educating yourself on tax. It's a real thing. Right, gone are the years of COVID where we just everyone has a loss, you know, and all of those things. But you know, taxes are real, and we need to pay attention to them. And we don't just want to pay attention to them once a year. It's something that we want to look at throughout the year. I recommend quarterly to just say, where am I this year? Do I have taxable income? What are some of the things, the strategies I could have to lower my taxable income, or at least you know, reinvest and get some benefit on the tax side for things that I might be doing anyway. So as we get into that, you know, the other part of that is remembering that there are some other tax credits. Right. So we talked about on the real estate side, you know, one thing we recommend, because again, you have, you know, at any point in time, IRS rules are you can always look back three years. So we're really getting to the point where 2020, the window on 2020 is closing, right? So 
April of this year, unless you were on extension, that window is starting to close. So what we want to do is at least look at the last three years of the returns, see did I maximize depreciation that I took? Were there other credits? We, you know, cost segregation we talk about on the real yeah. estate side, um, research and development credit, if I have technology improvements. But what did I take advantage of? What didn't I take advantage of? And just to make sure that we're all in alignment because it was a crazy few years. The IRS was basically broken for like two of them. So you might just be getting weird notices I and mean, we're seeing everything, but that's okay. This is the time and the IRS has even said that until April of this year, you know, they recommend make sure that all of your returns were received by the IRS. They know they had issues. We've seen that, you know, so just double check that if, if for some reason something's missing, you can send it in. They've paused a lot of the interest and penalties until April because they know, right? They know some of this was on them. I mean, they all of a sudden had to work from home. They've never worked from home. Right. So their mail was broken. But, you know, the other side of that is, okay, what was the strategy I had in the last three years? What do I want to do going forward? And then, you know, part of that look back is also the ERC, the Employee Retention right. Tax Credit, which is sitting out there in our tax bill that will never pass is also the resolution of ARTC. So if you haven't heard anything, you're not alone. There's not a lot of information. It it should be ending for the 20 year, 2020 year by April. They still have their moratorium. I mean, we're sitting here in February, and they yeah. said it would go till the end of 23. So we really don't know. But I think what we want to do is just kind of make sure everything that you file has been received, um, you know, if you, if you haven't heard anything back, go ahead, resubmit it. Right. You know, there's a letter that you can put with it just saying very clearly, this is a resubmission. I'm not yeah. submitting again, but I just want to make sure you have it. Because as of now, they haven't ended it. So right. all the rumors, that's not true. That All that is sitting in that tax bill that has not passed. But it will end in April for 2020. Right. So we just want to make sure that everything is in. And then... Ultimately, if you did receive it, you do need to amend your tax returns for the ERTC. So, you know, there's a lot there. Talk to your CPA. But I think just an awareness of here's where we are. Here's what I've done. And let's make sure that I'm in a good place moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm coming from the operations side. I'm on a lot of calls (laughs) with you, right, when we do our clients. I think the biggest thing is when when Ann's working on the client, it's really building a strategy for each person. I know it's easy to say, right? It seems cliche, but I think a lot of times they're trying to put you into one of their strategies. You fall into this bucket based on, and I think within it's completely, let's break it, let's blow it up. Whatever you've done in the past, we're not saying it's wrong. Let's just look at all the scenarios and then see which one makes sense. Yes. Instead of trying to come in with this pre-notion exactly. of this is how you should file, this should be your plan. Yes. And I think that's the biggest thing is all these other things are out there, different credits or different ways of looking at it. It's not the one's better than the other. It's what fits into your business and us not trying to put you in before we know what you have going on. Exactly. And to me, it's not even just like, you know, our methodology. No. Or my methodology. It's really the methodology of our business model being involved every week. Because if we're involved every week, right. we're able to have those discussions, right? I mean, how many times does someone on our team just come in and be like, oh, they bought an equipment. Like, what should we do? Oh, right. let me look quickly. Right? You can't have those conversations if 
our eyes aren't on it until March. And right. we have clients where, you know, we just do the returns and it's not the same because no. we don't know and we can't go back and recreate an entire year before we do your return, right? We just have to assume, okay, like it's in there. I'm going to, of course, ask a few questions, but it's not the same as being actively involved throughout the year, right. having budgets, having plans, because there's so much that your numbers don't tell us right like you might have high labor but do you have high labor because you hired somebody to implement this new technology well there could be tax savings there right right or do you just have high labor because you have terrible retention right maybe there isn't that was just it's just a bad year but you know you can't assume that your accountant's going to ask you that because i've sat on the other side in a you know a more traditional tax model and i can't tell you i mean i felt bad my first tax season was you know 2008 right and everybody lost money and i'm like nobody cares no one in my firm (laughs) we're just like lost lost oh you're getting a refund like should we call them and talk to them like oh we don't have time right we just don't have time we're billable hours hey they're not paying you to do that just just give them the return that's what they want that's what you're paying for and i think on the other side of that people don't realize that even if you were to have a strategy, you just don't have the time to talk about it because we're in this busy season approach. And that's, to me, the biggest win is our model. And we're really starting to see that because we're able to have those conversations, ask follow-up questions. Hey, why don't you go look at that? Maybe that is something that we could potentially save money on. Maybe we want to set up the holding company because then the expenses on your location are just the four walls. And I have, you know, some of the shared expenses over there. Hey, you want to, you know, expand your locations to three or four more. We want to show profitability. Are we doing this the best way to show the story of your business? Not breaking any rules, but just making sure that our end result, which is the tax return, which goes to lenders, it goes to investors, goes to all these other people, that tells the story of your business. So it's very important that it's done thoughtfully and that we spend the whole year really building up to our best return versus just rushing to get it done and check the box. Right. (laughs) Because I don't think most accounts understand that, especially for the hospitality field, developing a new menu. Yeah. What does that look like? I don't be a big restaurant company. You got one restaurant, right? You yeah. probably ran some sort of yeah. you know, delivery. What did that take with different? So I, I think that's a difference that they're just not looking at it like that. Because yeah. They don't understand. They don't understand that some of that food that you purchased was for new items that you were right. te- maybe testing. Right. Who knows? And all of that plays a role. And I think the other part that you know your traditional accountant doesn't understand is that you make choices every year, right? It's not just, oh, you lost money. Well, you could be in a position where you're trying to grow. I mean, we have a few clients last year where it's like, they went into 23 knowing they were gonna lose money because they hired 10 more people and they're trying to build this out and they're training them here to put them other places. So there was this, they they knew that, Right. right? So it's not like, oh, we stink. Yeah. This is part of our three-year plan. And we know year one's going to stink, but year two should be here and year three should be here. Right. But if I don't know your three-year plan, I'm looking around and going, oh, yeah, you lost money. Right. That's it. Well, I'm not going to lose money at 24 because my new location is going to open and now I'm going to be profitable. Well, did I plan for that? Right. Right? Do I have a tax strategy where I know I should be saving because I'm not going to lose money in 24 yeah. or 25? And that's where we have to look forward to give you the best answer right. and not just look at last year. Yeah. 
So again, remember, you get a free 30-minute call. It's a good time of year. It's a good time. It's pretty busy right now. We will, she will fit you in. <laughs> yes, but it's really important because above all, you know, our goal is to educate you on your tax picture, show, to show you how it works with your day-to-day, to make sure that you have the best strategy for 2024 and beyond. So thank you for joining us on this week's podcast, and we look forward to next week's episode. Yeah.